It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby! This is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, the show that is so nice. We do it twice during the NFL season because we want to make sure we give you two bite-sized segments to make sure you know exactly what you're doing with your lineups this weekend. We are presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker at Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter and Instagram. If you're a Facebook person and you want a free Madden, it's facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Certainly you can check us out on video, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. When I say us, I mean Joe Dolan. The master of all he dominates over at FantasyPoints.com. Make sure you use the code 22FEAST. I'm sure you listened to the other episode, but if you didn't, listen or watch episode one this week, which comes out right after we record on Wednesday. This one drops Thursday after midnight, and we start, Joe, with the Falcons at the Rams. A lot of fantasy intrigue here. Is Cordero Patterson a league winner, Joe? Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far um, because I still expect the Falcons to be a very bad team. Of course, they come out in week one and they build this lead and we're all laughing at the Saints. And then the Falcons, doesn't matter who the coach is, doesn't matter who the quarterback is, they do Falcons things. Um, Patterson has now finished, though, as a top 24 PPR running back in 11 of his 16 full starts with Atlanta. Tyler Algier was a surprise healthy scratch. I'm guessing that is a special teams thing, uh, and we'll get to that when we talk about San Francisco. Um, uh, but Damian Williams also got hurt. He suffered a rib injury, so we have to check on his status. The, the, the concern is for Patterson is that he wore down last year, um, and, and I think that's part of the reason they drafted Tyler Algier. But um, Patterson, uh, to me right now, is a weekly starter in your lineup. I'm not sure if that's how they want to use him going forward. They were just forced to because of the injury to Damian Williams. So I would consider that. Um, Kyle Pitts, I just don't – his box scores just never add up to his usage. Two for 19 receiving, but he ran around on 71% of the team's pass plays. He got seven targets. His average depth of target was 11.9, which is ridiculous for a tight end. Um, but Drake London, after barely practicing in August, led the team in routes run on the wide receiver three radar. Um, just looking at this line here, um, it was at 50, okay, the over-under. Atlanta opened as a 13.5-point underdog. That's been bet down to 10.5 to the Rams. Um, the Rams now, that opened at 50.5 on the over-under. That's been bet down to 47.5. So a lot of under money has come in, but still overall projected to be a relatively high-scoring environment. Not sure how much success, though, Pitts and London and Marcus Mariota are going to have against Jalen Ramsey and a pissed-off Rams defense. What about the Rams on offense? Cam Akers now and Robinson just destroying people's week ones. Oh, I mean, look, Cam Akers, the thing, and and this is a doghouse deal. Like, Sean McVay basically said, we need to see more effort from Cam Akers. And Sean McVay has always wanted a bell cow. And Daryl Henderson played on 82% of the snaps in week one. I do want to throw something out there, though. I have no way to prove this. It is merely speculation. I don't think Cam Akers plays a single offensive snap in that game if Kyron Williams doesn't get hurt. I really don't. Adam Schefter said, look out. 
for Kyron Williams on on the ESPN morning show in week in, in before the opener. Williams gets hurt on on his first special team snap, and then doesn't play. I don't think Akers plays in that game if Kyron Williams is healthy. I really don't, and that shows you that he's doghouse. Um, Allen Robinson, by the way, ran a route on fifty nine of Stafford's fifty one dropbacks. He's going. To, I think. I think Stafford's going to come out. I don't think. I, I don't know if peppering is going to be the case, but. Um, I think Matthew Stafford will make sure Allen Robinson gets his in this game. That is it. And by the way, Atlanta's defense will not will not provide resistance. Um, AJ Terrell could well provide uh, a challenge for Allen Robinson, but this team cannot rush the passer whatsoever. I bet the Rams' offense gets on track here in Week Two. Seattle is in San Francisco, where Geno Smith looked pretty good. Trey Lance didn't. Yeah. So now we have two um, two NFC West teams who are coming off of disappointing losses who are at home and are catch and are giving a lot of points. Um, the Rams odds got bet down from 13 and a half to 10 and a half, but the 49ers up to nine and a half after opening at eight. Um, this game was 44 and a half. The total bet down to 41 and a half. So well, here's what I, what the betters are saying. San Francisco, people are down on them, but they played in a torrential downpour in conditions where you can't really glean anything. You really can't. Meanwhile, Seattle's coming off an incredibly emotional win in a game that the opposing coach basically handed it to them on a platter. Um, All 49ers money coming in right now. All 49ers money. Um, Let's start with Seattle just for some of the fantasy deals because there's really only two guys I really – I mean, Tyler Lockett's like a low-end wide receiver three, but there's really only two guys I'm considering. Rashad Penny, who looked pretty good in week one. Not huge numbers, but I thought he looked pretty good. I do want to see what Kenny Walker's um, snap share is because Pete Carroll says he's going to play this week. We'll see if that's the case. But DK Metcalf, in four career starts with Geno Smith, incredibly consistent usage. DK Metcalf has been between 23% and 27% of the offense uh, of the of the uh, target shares in the four career games he's played with Geno Smith uh and he's averaging 15.5 fantasy points per game with Geno Smith that's pretty good meanwhile Tyler Lockett um he had a game where he had a 59% target share with Geno Smith and he had 12 catches for 142 yards but he's been at 23% or below in the other three starts with Geno Smith so DK Metcalf is the consistent guy for um, the the Seattle Seahawks. As we get to the Bengals and the Cowboys, it's it's ugly for the Cowboys, Joe. Uh, Real ugly. By the way, Ross, I want to say one thing about the 49ers. And again, I'm going to tell you guys, you could criticize Trey Lance all you want, and you might well be right. I'm not gleaning anything from that passing game in week one. I want to see them in a better environment. Um, two things. I know waivers have likely already run in your league. If you need a starter for, for San Francisco to play now, it's Jeff Wilson. If you think it's I'm okay at running back, I want to see who might emerge. It's Tyrion Davis-Price, who I think was inactive. Well, Kyle Shanahan flat out said it. We know we know about his doghouse. But um, he flat out said that the undrafted rookie Jordan Mason was essentially um, – uh, he was – active on game day strictly because of special teams reasons over Tyrion Davis price. We'll see if that's actually the case in week two. Got it. Good note. Cowboys. Gross. I mean, I don't know what to say, Ross. I mean, now they're not putting Dak on IR. 
Um, Which is laughable. Well, I mean, uh, he's not playing the next four weeks. Like, like here's the thing. Uh, I don't deny that he could be a, a, a fast healer, but Ross, literally everything they've done this offseason has been reckless and reactionary. Why should this be any different? Why should this be any different? Like, I don't doubt Dak wants to get back out there. That offensive line was atrocious. And their lifeline is 40-year-old Jason Peters on the practice squad. Two weeks ago, this was the betting favorite in the NFC East. Now, obviously, a lot has changed. Now they're the favorite to finish last in the NFC East. CeeDee Lamb, terrible body language. I don't know what they're doing. He's running bad, right? Like Steven Jones is like, oh, he's got to grow into being the number one receiver. You feel like you, you would have known he did that before you gave Amari Cooper away. Like, I, I, I look, I mean, I, I've had people saying here, what should I trade CD Lamb for? You can't. You're, you're, you're tr- selling him at the lowest possible point right now. I don't know what you're going to get for him. This is a disaster. There, there is not a number big. I mean, I'm sure it'd be like. If you get if you gave me thirty points, I'd probably bet the Cowboys. But sure as hell not where it is right now. This game's at this game's at seven and a half, eight and a half. That sure as hell ain't big enough for me to bet the Cowboys. I'll tell you that much. No, it's not. What about the Bengals, Joe? Well, the Bengals are coming off a uh, obviously disappointing loss, and Joe Burrow was atrocious in that game. He'll be better than that. Got to watch the status of T. Higgins. Um, uh, by the way, since his week 15 dud against the Broncos last year, Jamar Chase is averaging 7.6 receptions and 126.9 yards per game over his last seven games. Um, Joe Mixon, how about like 40 opportunities in week one? Now, the Bengals ran over 90 plays, but that is a great sign for Joe Mixon's bell cow usage. Keep an eye on T. Higgins because if he doesn't go, then Tyler Boyd becomes much more intriguing. But I would anticipate the Bengals offense gets back on the right foot in this game. Me as well. Um, the bank boy, Micah Parsons is so good. Joe. Yeah, I mean, so uh, the only way the Cowboys are going to slow anybody down is if they're able to clone Micah Parsons. Like, I mean, he's obviously great. I would be concerned about Joe Burrow behind that offensive line with Parsons, but I mean, everything else for the Cowboys is just an abject disaster right now. Houston's at Denver. Uh, this total's been bet way up from 42 to 45, despite Denver being consistently a 10 point favorite across the board comedy of errors in week one an absolute comedy of errors um overall though um as hilarious as it was and i'll fully admit it was hilarious that russell wilson went into seattle and lost um they lost that game because of coaching um shotgun like melvin gordon fumbles at the goal line then javante williams fumbles at the goal line because the play gets blown up (sighs) running shotgun russell wilson's built like a linebacker and you're running shotgun at the goal line i mean Ross, I hate when my college team does that. <laughs> it pisses me off. Like, when an NFL team does it, uh, um, Javante Williams, by the way, is really good. Yes, he is. <laughs> He's freaking explosive. Like, I mean, they got to get him the ball more often, and we knew that. We always knew that. Jerry, Judy, and Cortland. Uh, well, first and foremost, I know it worked for a little bit. What was that game plan? They come out, and they use four tight ends, and Beck? is out there catching passes and they're throwing well, Beck look good, yeah. but sometimes these guys outthink themselves. Oh, Saubert's getting shovel passes. Like, I don't know, Ross, like they didn't, you have Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy and neither one of them gets a target until halfway through the second quarter. 
I, I, that was, a, and I actually thought Russell Wilson played pretty well in that game. So at least like, I think he had a Ross Ross game, you know, like he's going to make a couple of boneheaded decisions and then, you know, he's going to make plays down the field. Like, I think that's what he did. We saw it with Judy and Sutton and, um, by the way, inside the 20 yard line, when you have Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, Nathaniel Hackett called 12 passes to three runs. Uh, they had four drives reach the red zone and they came away with six points. What about the Texans on offense? Um, uh, oh, pain. Um, f- look, Lovey Smith is a coach who instead of going forward on fourth and short in overtime with a chance to win the game, decides to punt for the tie. So why did I listen to him when he said all off season or all August, well, Damien Pierce is our number one back. Rex Burke had played 71% of the snaps in week one in a game in which the Texans had the lead for the entire game until overtime, obviously. So this is the environment. So the concern I had about Damian Pierce was, is he going to play on passing downs? Which was a valid concern as week one bears out. My concern wasn't, is he going to play when there's a positive game script? Because he didn't then either. I I don't know what I I don't know what what the deal is. Um, Pierce is a hold for me, but you can't play him. There's one guy there. Uh, Burkhead's like a flex option for me. By the way, they're ten point underdogs, and I would anticipate that this is an environment where Burkhead will play a lot. It, it Brandon Cooks. That's it. Uh, like uh, that's it. Nico Collins had two catches in week one. It's Brandon Cook. OJ Howard, by the way. <coughs> excuse me. Two touchdowns. I don't know how sustainable that is, but he certainly put a uh, damper on the Brevin Jordan breakout hype. The deal is, Joe, you can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook now and use promo code ROSS to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code ROSS. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. And they have that early win promotion, by the way, which a lot of people won on last week. That if your team is leading by 10, you get paid instantly. Falcons, Titans, they actually had to pay out a lot of money because of that for teams that ended up losing. What about the disgusting Cardinals at the Raiders? They're horrible. Like, I mean, I don't know how this team... Half the team is injured. They trade a first-round pick for Marquise Brown. Thank God he scored. Um, and Dorch out-targets him. Um, Zach Ertz looked like a mummy out there. Um, the uh, Kyler Murray still looks like the same player he was to me as a rookie. Eno Benjamin's a clear number two. There's that. Um, all the money is coming in on the Raiders here. Uh, and, and by the way, the over. So this does have a projected high total, so I'm not telling you to bench Kyler Murray by any stretch of the imagination, but he's a splash play guy. But all the money is coming in on the Raiders. This opened at four and a half. It's up to six. Um, that I think the, the markets expect the Raiders to score at will here, and I also expect the Raiders to score at will here. Uh, um, and the Cardinals are going to be playing from behind, and Kyler Murray is going to put up uh, put up numbers in that regard. 
Um, James Conner played 72.3% of the snaps here, so he's the bell cow. Eno Benjamin is the clear number two for the Cardinals. Um, you got to play Hollywood Brown. I'd probably bench Ertz un- until further notice. Um, just a really, really – they, they were horrible in week one, and that defense was non-competitive. What about the Raiders? I thought Derek Carr played really bad. Yeah, he had some terrible turnovers. Um, he was force-feeding the ball to Devontae Adams. 45.9% of Derek Carr's targets, um, He, but he had some bad, bad turnovers. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to settle down. I think they're going to get a little more balanced. I think they're going to run the ball a little bit more against the um, against the Cardinals. And I have a hunch that Hunter Renfro is going to get his in this game. Now, keep in mind, Hunter Renfro going up. He had three catches in week one. Going up against Bryce Callahan, who's one of the best slot corners in the NFL with the Chargers, this Arizona secondary is atrocious. I think Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams are going to get catches at will in this game. And I think Renfro is going to get a little bit more. I think they're going to tell Carr, obviously, Devontae, you want to get him the ball. Don't force things nearly as much. And and I think Hunter Renfro is going to get his in this game. By the way, uh, the Raiders barely even tried to run the ball. Um, They threw the ball on early downs on 75.5% of the time, which by far led the NFL. Um, So I'm not sure they're going to try to run the ball in week two, and I'm I'm not sure they're going to need to. uh, But Josh Jacobs is an RB3 if you're interested in that that regard. But, yeah, I think Hunter Renfro is going to have a bigger game. And that's a hunch, but I thought he had a bad matchup in week one, and I think he's got a better one here in week two. What about the Bears at the Packers? So – Again, I, I said it with the four, with the uh, 49ers, and I'm going to say it again with the Bears. I I know people are disappointed in Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet, but the Bears ran the ball on 73.8% of early downs, which was the league high rate in week one, because they played in a monsoon on a field that had two inches of standing water. That is not going to be the case, hopefully, this week in Green Bay. So I don't know how much I'm going to glean from that. Um, I think you throw it away for Mooney and Cole Komet, who are the only two pass catchers you can consider here. Um, David Montgomery played 66% of the snaps, but Khalil Herbert looked like he ran better. Um, that tracks with what Greg Cosell was saying all offseason about, about Khalil Herbert maybe being a better fit for this zone run game. But um, I want to see this offense in a better environment before I really do freak out about, uh, about the passing game. Though it is, of course, a bad matchup for Darnell Mooney going up against Jair Alexander, who the Vikings managed to scheme Justin Jefferson away from Jair Alexander. They did a great job. Jair Alexander was not very happy about that, by the way, as his postgame comments made evident. What about the Packers on offense? Uh, They got smoked in week one, and they got smoked last year in week one. The difference is Devontae Adams is not walking through that door. Um... I think this is a squeaky wheel game for Aaron Jones. Um, Matt LaFleur came out and said, that's on me. Um, he can't have just eight touches in the game. Um, I know this is a Sunday night game, but if I'm playing DFS, Aaron Jones is a really appealing option. And I'd be looking to some Aaron Jones prop bets because I think he gets the ball a lot more in this game. By the way, the Packers are operating uh, in this game as 10-point favorites, and I can't disagree with that. Um I do wonder how different that game is if Christian Watson catches that ball. That was a perfect throw from Aaron Rodgers, and Watson absolutely pantsed Patrick Peterson on that route. But hands have been a problem for him. 
I do think it's somewhat concerning, just a little bit right now for Romeo Dubs, that Watson at, ran more routes than him in week one, 29 to 25. So it was basically a split, despite the fact that Watson didn't even practice for the majority of August. So something to keep in mind, I think Watson could be a really savvy waiver wire pickup because I don't think anybody was too excited to pick him up this week after that drop. But he's somebody who's got a lot of physical ability. He dusted Patrick Peterson on that route. He just didn't complete the catch, which is the biggest part. Um, we have to check on Alan Lazard's status. I'm not 100% confident in it. Um, and if I do have Alan Lazard, the bad news is this is a Sunday night game. So if he's a game-time decision, you probably have to bench Alan Lazard because you're not going to have options. Uh, Robert Tunyon, by the way, um, only played 22 snaps in week one but he ran a route on virtually all of them. So they were easing him in, in passing situations. I would anticipate his usage goes up more in the coming weeks. What about the two Monday night games? We'll start with the Titans at the Bills. Oh my God, the Titans are so bad. Um, this seems going to be bad, man. Um, Ryan Tannehill, his top, his top Four receivers in week one. Kyle Phillips, the rookie receiver. Traylon Burks, the rookie receiver. Dontrell Hilliard and Jeff Swaim. Robert Woods gets two targets. Two. How can can you possibly have any confidence in any of these guys? Now, Phillips is a guy I'd consider picking up off the waiver wire because of, of his slot role. But what a disgusting passing game. Um. Derrick Henry, that's it. I mean, and by the way, they're massive underdogs, which is a bad situation. They're 10-point underdogs to Buffalo. That's typically a bad situation for Derrick Henry. I am not enthused about any Tennessee Titan right now. I do consider picking uh, Traylon Burks up off the waiver because I thought he looked pretty good, but Kyle Phillips played way more than Burks did. Um, Burks and Phillips are waiver wire ads. I'm not excited to play Robert Woods. Maybe you play Woods because they're playing from behind, but I don't know how you feel good about it. Like the vibes in Tennessee are bad. What about the uh, the Buffalo Bills? Stardom. Gabe Davis. Oh man. Gabe Davis ran a route on ninety two percent of Josh Allen's dropbacks. His last six stat lines in games in which he's played at least seventy percent of the snaps: five for eighty five and two, three for forty, three for thirty nine, two for forty one and one. Eight for two, a one and four, and then four for 88 and one in week one. Here's why I like Gabriel Davis because he scores a lot of touchdowns, and it's an offense that scores a lot of touchdowns. That's a good combination. Um, the Bills are 10 point favorites. You obviously know what to do with, um, with Stefan Diggs. I'm holding on Dawson Knox. I'm not panicking after week one, but with the Bills' 10 point favorites, um, Devin Singletary is a really good fantasy play as an RB2 this week. Zach Moss did something nigh impossible. He had six catches and six carries in week one and didn't reach 10 fantasy points in a PPR, even without considering that he lost a fumble. I think James Cook might be doghouse for now, but Zach Moss can't run, and that's eventually going to change. What about the last Monday night game? The the overlap's going to be very interesting and kind of weird. The Vikings at the Eagles. Uh, Viking, this opened two and a half. It was bet down to one and a half for some time. It's up to two Eagles laying at home. Again, another game all over money on this game. Up to 51. I think, I think, um, 
the market saw two offenses here that scored it kind of at will in week one. Justin Jefferson obviously went nuts. A.J. Brown went absolutely nuts uh, in week one. But I talked about the squeaky wheel game for um, uh, Aaron Jones a little bit earlier. Talked about it a little bit when it came to Hunter Renfro. Reporters saw Jalen Hurts go up to Devontae Smith after week one and said, look, we got the W. You're going to get yours. I wonder if this is a little bit of a squeaky wheel game for Devontae Smith uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, but the Eagles are going to be able to run on anybody. I thought you'd find this that interesting, Ross. Since the start of the 2021 season, there have been three teams that have scored 38 or more points without the benefit of a passing touchdown. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> I saw you tweet they, that. Their run Amazing. game is lethal. They did it, by the way, twice against Detroit and then once against New Orleans last year. But their run game is lethal. Here is a fantasy tidbit for, for, for the Eagles. Miles Sanders, for now, is their closer. They had to run to put that game away against Detroit. He got the job done. So they're going to keep giving him the ball. Number two, at the end of the first half, when they were driving to try to get points before halftime, Kenny Gainwell was the hurry-up back. So there were two running back points that we learned from the Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, you play A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard every week. I think this is a squeaky wheel game for Devontae Smith. And the Minnesota Vikings, look. The Eagles' pass rush didn't touch Jared Goff. If Kirk Cousins has time to throw, Justin Jefferson's going to have a big game. I think the passing game right now is Jefferson and a bunch of ancillary parts. We know what to do with the Minnesota Vikings. He's Joe Dolan. We know what to do right now. We follow him on social media at FG underscore Dolan if we don't already. We go to fantasypoints.com and use the code 22FEAST. Check out me on social media as well, or at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter, Instagram, if you want a free Madden this week. Other than that, now I'm totally stuffed after the dessert as well. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.